Welcome to A Security Life, the podcast, brought to you by SPT News, Canada's number one source of industry news and information for security installers, dealers, and integrators. You've tuned in to hear compelling conversations on hot topics and industry trends with security professionals and personalities from across Canada. Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of A Security Life. My name is Paul Grossinger, and I am the group publisher of SBNT News. Today, I am honored to speak to Patrick Straw, the executive director of the Canadian Security Association. During his time at Canasa, I have come to know Patrick quite well, and I have been looking forward to this conversation for quite some time. Patrick, welcome to A Security Life. Thank you very much, Paul. Happy to be here. For those who don't know you, can you just talk a little bit about how you got started in the alarm and security industry? I'd be happy to. Right out of high school, I spent five years as a policeman, decided I wanted to get into a business job of some sort, and frankly went to a personnel consultant firm in Toronto without any real preconceived idea of what I wanted to do. And uh, I got my first job um, with a company called Royal Monitor Systems, which was uh, as a sales consultant. And really that was the beginning of it. I spent uh, a combination of about 15 years through three or four acquisitions, uh, always running sales. And, uh, and it turned out to be a, a great move for me. So looking back at, at the beginnings of your career in this industry, what was it like in terms of competition, technology, the market itself? Yeah, I think looking back now after 33 years, the, um, one of the astounding parts at the beginning was the amount of money we were able to sell products for, certainly in the residential market, which we were heavily involved in. I remember one of our first years, our average residential sale was around $5,800. And uh, I think nowadays that would be a, a considerable accomplishment. Um, a lot of the stuff that we sold did similar things to the products that we have now, but the products of course now are a lot better, have a lot more uh, interactivity and things they can do and are a heck of a lot cheaper. Your history is uh, on the sales side of things and uh, you've probably come to learn about technology and the industry as a whole. From your beginnings to now, what do you think are the keys to someone being successful on the sales side of this industry? Well, I think that uh, there's a trend um, that's starting to happen where when the mass marketing and the online experiences became dominant and were kind of new, that there's a little bit of a, of a setback to people in certain parts of the market appreciating meeting someone with a level of expertise, uh, having some, somebody spend some time with them. Uh, one thing that I learned is that very smart people in different professions, doctors, lawyers, when it came down to understanding the best way to protect their properties or their businesses, you know, they really appreciated somebody who, you know, had a bit of experience and expertise to, to walk them through the process and let them know what their options are. When you're purchasing things just through uh, online media, you're really making your own selections. And I don't think to a certain extent that you maybe have the best experience out of that that you can with a professional security person. I'm on your LinkedIn profile now, and I see that you said you worked at National Guardian, at Ness, at Triad. You've also worked on the, on the vendor side as well. Can you talk about your entire career in the sense of how it came to be and what part you enjoyed the most? Sure. I think I was very lucky at the beginning. Um, when I started, I was only 25 years old, and the fellow who owned the company that I worked for kind of became my mentor, and he had a pretty significant business background. And what happened is we, we built the company up to be one of the successful Toronto 
standalone companies, uh, which was that was Royal Monitor Systems. Uh, we were then purchased by uh, an American company called National Guardian out of the New York area. With that experience, I then, as the sales manager for Canada, had the opportunity to go to sort of professional level sales meetings, interact with other sales managers from around North America, and sort of we became probably a little more polished. Every time we got bought out, it was funny because the we then got purchased by SecurityLink from Ameritech, so I actually had four different company titles with the same desk in a couple of different buildings and the same staff. So we then were purchased by SecurityLink from Ameritech, which was out of the Chicago area. And again, we, grew, we got bigger. We were involved in a couple of acquisitions. Our monitoring station grew in the wholesale monitoring business. So having all those experiences and being exposed to all those different parts of the business, you know, we ended up with a national account team. We had a, a significant commercial and residential team. Um, and, you know, it was kind of like just kept happening. And every time we got bought out, it always worked out well for me. And I think probably better as far as my career development. Um, and no complaints. And then we were eventually purchased by ADT uh, in Canada. Before we get into sort of uh, your past few years experience with Canasa, you've been in it for 30 plus years in this industry. Just off the top of your head, sort of, what are some of the big news stories or milestones that you remember in this industry over this time? I think that that when the the cellular phone app thing started happening, when everything became digital, it was a really accelerated growth, uh, not just in our industry, but in every industry. Um, I can remember doing proposals on IBM Selectric typewriters. That's probably, to me, the incredible quality of um, you know, particularly on the video side, software, video analytics, all the apps and the convenience that people can now live with a lot of the security products that are available. I've been covering this industry since 1999 and over the, that span I've realized that there's a huge amount of interest in this industry from outside players. So telcos and cable cos, the Tycos came in, uh, the GEs, the Honeywells. Um, what, what does that say to you about this industry? I think it says two things. I mean, there are industries that sell products for profit, and there are very few industries that can operate kind of in the same context as a utility. So when you look at the companies that are coming into it, particularly the telecoms out in Western Canada, some of the, you know, the energy sector, uh, these guys understand what the value of having reoccurring revenue coming in every month and every year from customers, and if you can keep those customers stable, then they become more profitable the longer that they're with you. I think it's the same reason why a lot of smart guys 25, 30 years ago started small businesses using third-party monitoring stations. And you know, if you built up a company with, uh, with 1,000 or 1,500 accounts and you're working from a home office, you've got a really nice business. Um, and I, I think it's, you know, it's, just, it's the same way that the, you know, the television and media industries go now. It's all about apps and monthly service fees and you, know, you, you make an initial investment and then you build up your client base and make a lot of money. I see. You've been with the Canadian Security Association for almost three years now. What were your goals? What did you see that you can bring to the table when you applied for the role as the executive director and when you got it? Yeah, so I had never really considered doing this. I had been involved with Canasa for most of my career, what we used to call the Ontario Board. 
So when I was asked to throw my hat in the ring, then I thought that it would be a, a pretty neat way for me to finish off my career. You know, I'm not sure I was 100% sure what I was getting into, but it's turned out to be uh, probably one of the most enjoyable experiences that I've ever had in my career. Um, we have such a fantastic group of volunteers, not only on our regional councils, but also our board of directors. And we very quickly recognized the fact that we had very common goals. We recognized that our, our association needed to really work on our relationship with the emergency services industry, which we call the AHJs. We re realized that there was a shortage of educational resources. Most of the companies in our business are doing very well, and if anything, there's a shortage of technical people to actually do the work. And I think that the other thing was is to, to grow our, our association is that there's strength in numbers. Because we're a volunteer association, in some industries you can't practice unless you're a member of their association. We're a volunteer association and so for us to improve our reputation, our credibility, you know, the more people that we can get involved, you know, the better that's going to be. Over your time uh, at Canasta, you've had the, the opportunity and the privilege to, to travel the country to all the regional shows and meet members of this industry all the way from Vancouver to Newfoundland. Can you talk a little bit about what you're seeing out there in the field when you go and speak to these people? Are there, are there common challenges? Are there common trends, concerns or issues that you're seeing? I had the privilege of knowing a lot of people across the country just from my business experiences and certainly a lot of people that worked on the supply side. Um, but if you go to even the Maritimes, which is a much more rural area, there's still um, cities with large transportation, energy, you know, there's mining, there's some very big security projects out there. And you go right across to the West Coast and it's the same thing. I mean, there's been a huge boom in the residential market out there, but um, most, of the, most of the people have the same problems. There's a shortage of technical resources. You know, it's very competitive and companies have to learn how to, how to separate what their identity is to make them attractive to their competition. You know, one of the things that we're seeing happening is that we're getting a lot of more, a lot more activity and a lot more people coming to our events. We're trying to put on higher quality uh, members meetings with speakers that are um, of value to the people's businesses. But I don't think there's a huge difference other than that the markets are a little bit different than the types of people in the companies that are in it. I see. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed that you've done in your role at Canasa is form relationships with police services and AHJs, as you mentioned, and emergency services. Why is that so important to you in Canasa? That's something that I felt very strongly about when I first got here is that the police have a very difficult job to do. The alarm response part of the police industry is a very challenging, time-consuming and costly one for them. We're not going away and they're not going away. We have to be partners. So I was fortunate enough to have an opportunity to go up and meet with the uh, executive director for the Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police. He was kind enough to invite me onto their private sector liaison committee, which gave me an opportunity to have a lot closer look at the inner workings of how things are decided and trends are happening in the police business. And then we immediately went out to police services across the country uh, either myself in Ontario or with our regional councils, we met the police alarm coordinators, we invited them to our events, we invite them to our shows, we invite 
Crime Stoppers to our shows and give them free booths. And we wanted to demonstrate that we are your partners in this business and we need to find a way to work as well as we can for the betterment of all because we're all serving the public. As you know, the Canasta uh, membership is consists of integrators and dealers and resellers and distributors and consultants. What role do you think Canasta plays outside of, of the things you already discussed can help with the industry? Most industries have a very clear definition of what they are. A plumber is a plumber, an electrician is an electrician. Our industry is comprised of a fairly wide brush of different types of companies that all have some connection to the word security. I think that it, when it comes to you know, situations where governments might want to put in legislation, you have uh, different issues right now with products coming in from all over the world. If you have a strong, united association that, that has credibility to the government, government kind of meaning anything that could have regulation or control over us, I think that the stronger we get and the more that we represent the legitimate security industry in Canada, we can deal with, we've had a couple of incidents in different provinces where legislation was going to happen that had to do with how uh, certain types of labor were used for, for example, cabling, and there are other construction-related uh, unions and different things that, if we're not on top of everything that's going on, could end up uh, putting restrictions on what our technicians can do. Right now, when, when most of the police services that have recently gone to change their alarm response, they've actually reached out to us, let us talk and have a consultation with them and explain our point of view on those types of things. And if we weren't more well-known and you know, kind of in everybody's face, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, and I think that's a good point. I think one of the things that I've learned is that different people in Canada have different perceptions of the security industry, right? Uh, whether it's the police or fire, or whether it's your general consumer. How do you think this industry is perceived by Canadians? Oh, I think it's, it's perceived a lot better than it used to be. Certainly when I started, you know, I would tell people what I was doing and, and oh, really? You know, the, the truth of the matter is, is that uh, there are a lot of really good quality companies with good paying jobs that do a great job. And with the, with the sophistication of the technology, you know, companies are now getting very uh, active in having network capabilities. And I think that, uh, you know, we are definitely, our image is improving. And, you know, I, I don't think that's going to change. I said, one of the things that's super important to me and to Canasa, though, is that we make promoting best practices one of our strongest missions. Everything we do, anytime something changes, we make sure that we put a white paper out, that we identify what our position is so it's very, very clear, you know, even to the uh, alarm verification process that's happening with a lot of the police services. When I get contacted, the first thing I do is I speak with them, I send them our white paper and our position on it so they know very clearly where we stand, and that's generally where the conversation starts. You've been doing this for a long time, and I think one of the uh, keys to being in any industry is the relationships you form with people. You've, I'm sure you've made a lot of friends in this industry. Can you just talk from a personal level sort of how this industry has impacted your personal life or, or just your, your day outside the Canasta office? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like uh, I think that you get out of something what you put into it. I can say that uh, there's people that I worked with in my first three years in the industry who are very, very close friends of mine now. And uh, I'm fortunate that um, along the way, 
I developed a lot of really, really great relationships. And because of that, when I had the opportunity to come into this job, I believe that it was significantly easier for me than it might have been for somebody coming from outside of the industry because I already knew people right across the country. And I was absolutely astounded at by how warm of a reception that I got and how quickly people were eager to start participating and helping out. And it's been one of the neatest things uh, of my entire uh, working life. On a personal level, it's about making a good income, looking after your family. Um, sometimes I wonder if our kids even really know what we do. Uh, mine are older now, and it's, uh, it's been really great. I've, I've been fortunate to be able to travel all over North America. I even had an opportunity to go to Europe a couple times, and I had experiences that you know, were really, really good um, just because of the fact that I worked in the security industry. I see. With that being said, what would you say to young people who might be interested in a career in security uh, in terms of what future might hold for them if they do? It's funny be, that you ask that because I have, through some of my contacts in the, in the local colleges, uh, gone and spoken to graduating classes from the security programs. And I tell them that, you know, when I got into the industry, I really didn't, I'd never even heard of an alarm system until they were showing me the first one that I had to go out and sell. And a lot of times people don't realize, even people that are in technical programs where they might consider going and becoming an HVAC technician or some other type of electronic uh, worker that don't discount the electronic security part of the business because there are really good paying jobs. And when you have a, an industry that's really busy, they're gonna, and they find somebody that's got really good skills you know, they're going to jump on you. And I, I, I tell you, there's hundreds of really good companies in Canada that would make a great place to go and work. What worries you most about the future of the security alarm industry? And what gives you the most hope? Yeah, I think that uh, I'm not sure worry is the word, but some of the things that I look at that I, I think we have to, to, to keep a close watch on is that, you know, the do-it-yourself component of the, particularly the domestic market, so the residential and small business, um, it's going to be really easy for people to buy products, put them in themselves, have an app on their phone. Um, and again, from my experiences, like I said earlier, there is a certain level of expertise that's, that's involved to do it properly. And I also know from my own experiences that the difference between something that's really inexpensive and something that's not that much more expensive done by a professional security company isn't a very significant difference. And I. I remember one time sitting in somebody's house and they were arguing with me over $5 a month when I'm the only one that showed up to come and consult with them about what would be the best way to protect their home. And they're, they're debating about $5 a month and I asked them how many times a week they stopped at a drive through coffee shop and spent eight bucks on a bad muffin and a coffee and they started laughing and yeah, you're right. And you know, there's always going to be a place for, for good professional people. I think what happens when technology starts exploding as it's happened in the phone business and in some other businesses is that the technology goes faster than everybody's sort of understanding of catching up to it. That's one thing that, uh, that I think we, we have to keep a close watch on. I also have a concern with the DIY market for the emergency services. You know, is it going to all go to app-based Uber style guard responses, I don't really know, but you know, we want to always make it very clear that we believe that there's a, 
a level of security that's a professional level that Canasa companies provide that's better and is more significant than that. Well, Patrick, I just wanted to thank you for joining us today. I, I always love our conversations and I know our audiences will find your industry insights and experiences educational and entertaining. Please stay tuned for future episodes of A Security Life uh, brought to you by SPT News. Please check out sptnews.ca to hear archived versions of our new podcast and to stay up to date on the latest industry news. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you for joining us, Security Life, the podcast brought to you by SPT News, Canada's number one source of industry news and information for security installers, dealers, and integrators. Visit sptnews.ca for more episodes.